Welcome back to Amerisogyny. I'm your host, Hannah Blue. This is episode 10, She Loves Me Not, discussing intimate partner violence with female aggressors. Now this episode will cover domestic violence focusing on male victims. You know I love to travel the world with you guys, so our first story is straight out of Morocco. A Moroccan woman in her 30s allegedly murdered her lover in classic Hannibal Lecter style and served him up to Pakistani workers in the UAE. She killed him three months prior, but she got caught because she left a human tooth inside her blender. Now she called it a moment of insanity. They had been in a relationship for seven years, but that soured when he told her he was going to marry someone else from Morocco. I don't know how she killed him, but he went from being Mr. Lava to an unwilling ingredient in a traditional rice and meat recipe. When his brother became suspicious, he went searching their home and found the human tooth in the blender. That was enough for him to go to police and DNA tests confirmed that the tooth was the victim's. The woman lied to the brother, stating she had kicked the victim out of the house, but confessed when questioned by the police. She snitched on a friend who helped her clean up the apartment after she killed him. That was a good friend. I'm not going to jail for anybody. She was sent to the hospital for a mental health evaluation. I guess he didn't like it because he didn't put a ring on it. But she put spices on him. Next up, Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois. Keisha Golden was 33 at the time. Now imagine having a baby shower. Cake and guests and gifts. Then, murder. She was eight months pregnant when she stabbed her boyfriend and the father of her child, Calvin Sidney, who was 29 at the time. And she stabbed him to death. Why? They had a fight over using the microwave to heat up food. Now, at three o'clock in the morning, I would have been in the bed, but that's just me. During the argument, she knocked a plate out of Sydney's hands and he shoved her on the counter. His uncle broke up the fight. Now, when Sydney went to a bedroom, Keisha stabbed him in the leg and left. His femoral artery was cut and he died. She didn't know he had died until after she returned home. Her mother defended her, stating she didn't mean to kill anyone. She said, she's broke up about it. She didn't know you could kill someone by stabbing them in the leg. She just wanted him to leave because he was acting out, and she was worried about hurting the baby, and he wouldn't go. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to use a knife to de-escalate a situation. But her lawyer said Keisha spent four days in the hospital for injuries he gave her. According to police, the couple had a toxic history of violence. Between June and September, they were called five times. And in four incidents, Keisha said Sydney choked, punched, slapped, or pushed her. She requested a protection order against Sydney after he punched her in the face. One month later, he wouldn't press charges against her after she cut his neck and sent him to the hospital. Wow. Her mother said it was just toxic with those two, but they loved each other. If he could raise up right now, they wouldn't have no case because he would never want charges against her. 
She sounds toxic too, because there's no way he would have put his hands on my daughter. And my response would be, they loved each other. Ugh, some people shouldn't have kids. Her bail was set for $2 million and she couldn't afford the $200,000 bond to get released. Her lawyer was not happy. She said to not only force Keisha to give birth in jail, but then to immediately take her child away after birth is cruel to the mother and the baby. This heartless decision is contrary to Illinois law. All the evidence shows Keisha acted in self-defense. The only person she's ever shown any violence towards was the man that was beating her. Now this is truly a tragic ending for a couple who never should have been together. Now in my opinion, Sydney was clearly a woman beater and I'm not defending him or Keisha because she got her licks in too. But this episode focuses on male victims. So I'll speak directly to men. If a woman is putting her hands on you, that's not love. You need to first not impregnate her and remove yourself from the situation. Now, of course, that's hard to do if you already have kids, but violence is not a solution for problems. Let's now go to Manchester, England. Now, I don't like saying crazy, but if the shoe fits, send a psycho, wear it. She was obsessed with serial killers and had pictures of them on her wall, like Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. That would have been my first clue not to hook up with her, but I guess he liked the thrill of it. Shay Groves, who was 27 at the time, allegedly stabbed her sleeping boyfriend, Frankie Fitzgerald, in the neck and chest 22 times after she checked his phone and found he had been messaging a 13-year-old girl. She called a friend, Vicky Beta, via video and giggled as she showed off his dead body. Beta said when she initially received the call, Groves was giggling away and spoke as if they were having a very normal conversation. But Groves then went upstairs into her bedroom and pointed the camera at Frankie and told her, I've done him. I just lost it. I just lost it. I picked up my dagger and stabbed him in the neck. Baitup then called the police. She thought it was a prank until Grove showed her his body wrapped up and lying on bin bags and she saw she had cut his throat. They had a bizarre relationship. Their bedroom shenanigans were filled with bondage. Allegedly, she was a dominatrix who got off on submission. She was called a manipulative, possessive, and jealous woman. She also owned four knives that had pictures of movie villains like Chucky, Jigsaw, and Pennywise. And she said she and the boyfriend used these for knife play in the bedroom. Lord. True crime documentaries inspired her to create a false alibi before cleaning up the mess. Police noted a strong smell of bleach when they came to the house. She also threatened to use revenge porn against the boyfriend and lied saying he abused and raped her. What a princess. And they were cokeheads. I know, we're shocked, right? She claimed she acted in self-defense. I'm sure the citizens of Manchester are very happy she was arrested. Our next stop is Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A woman got mad at her boyfriend for peeing in the bed 
and stabbed him. They had gone out and had some drinks and went home around 3.30 a.m. He survived. He told police he was asleep when she woke him up, hitting him for wetting the bed. He said he tried to restrain her, but she wouldn't stop hitting him. You know, how do people have relationships like this? Are you sitting in awe like me, or is it just me? He said he tried to de-escalate the situation by leaving, and that's when she came at him with a knife and stabbed him. Clearly, she had deeper issues than just being mad about some pee. She stabbed him in the left side of his torso, puncturing his lung. She could have killed him. Now, she says she did stab him, but only after he choked her. She said she tried to give him first aid and took him to the hospital. She was charged with attempted second-degree murder. You know what, men? At some point, you have to ask yourselves if some of these women are worth it. Our last stop is a bit closer to home, Hendersonville, North Carolina. Dinner and a movie sounds fine with me, but dinner and a murder? Uh Uh-uh. Now this woman, Natalie Louise Miller, was 33 when she killed her boyfriend and went to dinner. She said she waited for him to wake up because she thought he was faking being dead. This happened on December 8th, 2019. She called a friend and told him she had shot and killed her boyfriend, Samuel Kalen Frazier. The friend called the police and they found her outside of the house. She told police the body was in the house and the gun was on the table. She shot him twice with a 45 caliber firearm and it was indeed on the table right where she said it was. Now here's what's creepy. She told police she shot him the day before. I don't know about you, but I couldn't have stayed in the house with the dead body for 24 minutes, more or less 24 hours. But she thought he was faking. Beam me up, Lord. She was sentenced to 30 years in prison on several charges, including second-degree murder, which she pleaded guilty to, along with concealment of a death. After shooting him, Miller said she took money from the dead man's wallet and went out to buy dinner and liquor before going back home. And she waited for him to wake up. She thought he was faking his death and would get up at some point. She confessed Frazier had controlled her for years by giving her different kinds of things at night while she slept. She believed he injected her with needles, but admitted she'd never seen any needle marks on her body. Miller had a history of mental illness, but had no prior criminal convictions before the murder. They deemed her competent to stand trial, though. She has to serve a minimum of 30 years before she's eligible for release. There are no winners in intimate partner violence, whether it's perpetuated by men or women. And I'm out of time. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe via Spotify, or Apple Podcast. And I'd love it if you shared the episode with friends. Have a good weekend, be easy, and I will be back with more stories. Take care of yourselves.